And welcome back to the Danger Knock Podcast, hosted by Acronym, because I know what to call myself now. I am so sorry <laughs> for being a lazy piece of filth. It's been about a month and some change since the last episode, but I'm back. And a lot has happened in the past month, and I feel like I can't cover everything. But I will cover the main points, and I'll give you guys a fun story that will ultimately make you think I'm dumber than I actually am now. Okay? Alright, let's get into it. <clears throat> Biggest thing that happened within the past month, as you may have seen, if you have access to any type of interwebs or news outlets, is the New Zealand shooting. This, obviously, is an act of terrorism, but what I see online, and it seems almost like it shouldn't be the case now because it's so obvious to not do this, but these news, news outlets are really wild in right now because they are, they, they, did, they do the same things each time. It's like a white mass shooter, a white terrorist, and like humanize them to the fullest extent to the point where it almost seems like a parody, like an Onion article, where they would say things like, oh, angelic boy who liked to play with his trucks and stuffed animals turned into a not-so-good person. Who would have thought that this would happen? And we're like, what the hell? How do you even formulate these headlines Knowing exactly what, not only what people are going to say, but this, does that not seem wrong to you? Do you have any sort of like moral compass to show that these person, these people are vile human beings and do not deserve to be humanized and for us to feel bad for them? Meanwhile, there's like many, many grieving families and we don't know... We barely even know the names of the people who died yet. I mean, to be honest, I'm pretty proud that I don't know the name of the actual shooter. And I kind of want to keep it that way. Because he doesn't deserve that type of recognition. But as for a whole, I saw like throughout the internet, um, there seems to have been a general like gathering of the Muslim community. And as you may know, I'm not, I guess, the most quote-unquote religious person, but it feels good to see a community come together from multiple walks of life. And it see, feels even better to see people from other communities um, take part and share their like sympathies as well. Because at the end of the day, cliche, blah, 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 was like, we're all humans, and it sounds corny whatever but at the end of the day if you actually take a step back and look at what's going on here in this m minuscule planet on this vast expanse of universe we really ain't shit and when you realize you ain't shit and you look around it makes you value things differently and it makes you value things more 
and you don't let yourself get in your own head in terms of like hubris of thought and overconfidence of certain beliefs you're just like generally we know what's good and what's bad and our own personal beliefs um help us like pave the way to how we choose to live our lives but even those things don't get in the way of when we see inhumane acts being done um to people of our society so if there was a silver lining in this horrible tragedy something that should be continued and not just happen in in light of tragedy is the gathering of community the learning of others cultures like i see a lot of um is trending on like twitter and um instagram is new zealand uh news anchors and even the prime minister are wearing headscarves when making reports about the situation and it may not seem that big of a deal but it really matters that they took the time to consider the culture of the people that got attacked and kind of understand why it happened and it shows a form of solidarity and that allows for other people who feel the same way as the as the terrorists did to really double think what their effect is of achieving these or the what is what their goals are in committing these crimes that it only makes the community stronger so just don't do that shit if you a hater just just hate in your house be sad hate your life you don't have to take it out on other people i doubt a future terrorist would consider what a what a 22-year-old podcaster has to say about the subject, but the more positive vibes I feel that you put out, if someone hears it and spreads the same message and it continues, then you never know what can happen. But that's what I have to say on that subject. I do have certain thoughts about um, whether people like him deserve death penalty Originally, in the past, I had felt that death penalty was not something that humans had the right to do in terms of whether we have the right to play God or allow ourselves to have moral high ground on people to the terms of whether they deserve to be on this planet or not. Um, Especially because it's something that you cannot take back. But, sorry, I just took a sip of water. Um... But I also feel that that applies to jailing people un, like unjustly. Because you can't take back time either. But people seem to be less concerned about that. But in general, I feel like people who have done something so blatantly vile and horrendous, such as the, shoot, the shooter in New Zealand, yo, you don't gotta be here, dog. Like... If you hate all this shit this so much, we'll be we should be doing you a favor just like offing you. Like, you don't need to be here if this is what you feel like is part of society. Like how you feel like you should operate as part of society. Like what the f like you know, especially if you live in us I don't know about the laws in New Zealand, but I guess in certain states with um death penalty exists if you know that the death penalty exists and the stuff that you do will and you get caught for that and especially he wanted to get caught he freaking facebook lived it 
you know what's up. How am I going to feel bad for you if if they give you the death penalty? You know exactly what the ramifications are for what act you're doing. So how, what do I look like feeling bad for you? You brought that upon yourself. You wanted it. So like, man, get the fuck out of here. Anyways, um, that's how I feel about that situation. Maybe it will change in the future depending on how I think about things. But as of right now, I think that people like that need to be get out of here. Um, there's different levels. A lot has happened in the past month. Like um, the whole R. Kelly situation. As as funny as that's like the whole situation is and the memes can be funny. Um, that's some nasty, disgusting stuff he's doing out there too. Like, listen, there's only so many notes you can hit and so many melodies you can have, but like, that's not going to save you from being basically a human trafficker, which is probably the extent to as much as we know that he's done. So, and marrying a 15 year old. I think that's how how old Aaliyah was. All that to say is that there's messed up people out here and just needs, justice needs to be brought to them. Um, New Zealand shooter needs to get the fuck out of here. I don't know what needs to happen to R. Kelly. Um, free Bobby Shmurda. Okay, anyways. I need to tell y'all a story. I was going to preface this story, but I want you guys to experience it the same way I have. Um, going through it in real life. So, here it goes. Okay. So, as some of you may know, I am graduating from university in a few weeks. It gives me deathly anxiety just thinking about it. And so, I've obviously been on the job search, right? I've been really bad about it. Um, I've been going hard in like the past couple weeks. Like two, three weeks, I guess. Um... Applying to different types of jobs. My goal is to start off in a branding agency or advertising agency and eventually move into um, client side um, marketing work and like becoming part of marketing departments and larger companies. But at this point, I'm like, yo, just give me a damn job. I'm so like scared of not being able to... Um, actually like have something ready before i graduate but so that's prefacing the situation is that i've been applying a lot right so just the other week i got a reply back an email that said hey we looked at your resume blah 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 um we would like to have you come in for an interview and i was like god damn we in this bitch finally right um after like applying to like mad places, I was like, yo, I got a response back. This is dope. Um, let me look up this company, right? It was... Okay, you know, I'll give you the name of the company at the end. It'll be a little surprise. Um, so I'm looking up this company, right? And they see they, they have advertising um, in their name. And this makes me excited. This is what I'm trying to do, right? So I'm looking at the company and their website seems okay, but I, I Google them and their whole front Google page is 
um, all like it's barely their website. It's mostly just their job openings. I was like, damn, they got trash SEO, search engine optimization, which which I I I guess I'll explain that search engine optimization or SEO is like basically when you Google something, how 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 high does it show up on the Google like search page, right? So their SEO is trash because the only thing that's showing up regarding them is their um, job opening. So I was like, damn, that's weird. So, but but maybe it's a small agency just starting. There's so many in Chicago. So I was like, I'm not going to like completely shut them off just for that. Let me keep like checking it out, right? So, and especially because this is my first... Um, interview that I got I'm like just already hyped just to get it so I'm feeling good they we scheduled enter the interview for a Friday right so uh Friday comes around and it's a uh, Friday morning right and I'm getting my suit ready I'm trying to like have everything be on point because first interview interview you don't want to be caught lacking doing some dumb shit like having like Come in, not looking fresh and nice, whatever, blah, blah, blah. What I had forgotten was I had another obligation to fulfill that um, included me sending something in at noon that same day. So I'm out here juggling that while trying to get ready. And I'm out here scrushed than a motherfucker, right? Because of my inability to properly prepare for things like this, Right. So I'm rushing to get my suit on, rushing to get this design out um, that I needed to turn in at 12 o'clock. So my mind is already scrambled, right? I don't have time to think about the interview. I just have time to like get ready to get out of the house, right? So everything's ready. Uh, I, I need to take the train, a bus and a train to get to downtown. So I have to time this like to the T because if I miss one bus, then I'm fucked. And you don't want to be late to an interview. That's you just like shooting yourself in the foot. You might as well walk right back out if you're going to end up being late. Like no point in even being there. Um, anyways. Oh my god. I forgot to put the pop filter on this. Hold on. I'm going to put that on now. Let's see if this changes anything. Hold on. Ooh, that's bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ooh, does this sound better? Pa, 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 pa. Blocking the peas. Okay, this is unprofessional, but I'm going to continue anyways. Um, so I'm out here scratched, right? And then right before I'm about to leave my house, I have my suit on, I have everything ready. I'm like, damn, you're supposed to bring resumes to interviews, right? Like, that's the proper thing to do, even though you've already turned one in and they should have it on file. But I was like, okay, I have an option right now. Either... I leave my house now and don't have my resumes on me and just hope that they printed it out like they probably should, but they may not. Or I have, I go downstairs and I print, um, I print out some resumes and I run the risk of being late to this interview. It, in my head, I'm running through this multiple times, and the more I'm thinking about it, the more time I'm wasting, and this the more this option, the, like the choice becomes worse. But I'm like, all right, all right, all right, fuck it. I'm gonna go print this 
print these resumes out, right? I go run downstairs and I try to print the resumes. And the problem with printers is that they smell your fear. They know exactly when you need something done quickly. And then all of a sudden, your freaking printer gets tuberculosis and just starts <coughs> starts coughing. And you're like, what the f- fuck is going on? Why can't things just go normally, right? I'm out here trying to freaking do... Um, surgery on a printer and trying to resuscitate it just so I can freaking maybe get a job, right? Printer is being a big hater right now, trying to prevent me from pursuing my dreams. Um, so anyways, I get the printer to work, but it took way too long. And I got my resumes printed out, but now I'm going to be late, late if I take this, this wait for the next bus. So I'm like, damn, all right, next option, next option, next option, um, innovate adapt overcome so i'm like yo let me just uber it to the train station right um but then i'm like yo i barely got any types of money in my bank account so this better come out to um a reasonable price so i look up the uber or i i i um find an uber ride right um it connects with me, and I see the guy's name, and his name is John, an elder elder white man. And I'm like, all right, John, where you at? And I look at the map, and it says, John is four minutes away. And I'm like, I bet John's going to be here in no time. I'm going to get to that. Um, I'm going to get to the train station. I'm going to still be mad early to this interview. I got my resumes printed. Everything's good, right? I'm straight. And... I'm like, okay, I put my phone down. I have time to fill up my water bottle. It says John's four minutes away. That gives me time to like gather myself, get out of my house, whatever, right? So I go get my water. I put my phone on the table, go get my water bottle, like fill it up. I come back. I look at the map. It says John is five minutes away. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is not okay. And I and I and on Uber, you can see the map, right? I oh, open the map and I look to find John's car and i just see it and i can't obviously this is a podcast format and you can't see what i'm doing but just think i'm think of like my hand flipping back and forth right that's essentially what his car on the uber map was doing it was just pivoting like back and forth back and forth like a like a light switch the car was just like turning and i'm just like and i stared at it right going through all the stress that i'm going through I'm looking at my phone and no one no one is at home by the way. Just like no one is at home right now when I'm recording this podcast. But um no one's at home. I'm looking at this and I have like a deep pause. And then I just see John's little car just going whoop 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 whoop. It goes from 4 minutes away to 5 minutes away to 6 minutes away. And I'm just like John what the frick are you doing? I didn't say frick. I don't even know why I said frick, even though I said fuck the past like three times. I'm I'm out here fucking swearing my ass off in my house. Like, I hate you, John, you piece of shit. Why must you do this to me? Can you just not take a left turn, get on the road, and just get to my freaking house? And I'm just like, about to like, break a window. And it's... 
and I don't even know why I was so stressed. I guess it was because it, this was my like first interview, and I feel like uh, in situations like this, you just don't want to make a bad impression because you never know like when you'll get the next one or how serious this one may be. But I'm out here scratched. First, the printer was trying to hold me back, and now John is trying to hold me back, and I'm out here screaming, right? Because I'm gonna be late for no reason. Like this could, this should not have like have to happen. So I'm out here just like trying to gather my. Excuse me, another burp. I'm trying to gather myself, not go full like freaking Hulk smash in my house. All of a sudden, John finally gets onto the road. And he's on his way to my house. And I'm like, I swear to God, John, don't fucking ruin my life, please. <laughs> and so I see John is finally two minutes away. So I'm like, all right. I close my door to the house. I lock my door. And I'm waiting outside of my driveway. And I'm just like, fuck you, John, you piece of shit. I hate you. I hate you, John. You're ruining my life. Um, and then as soon as John pulls up, I open the door. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Right? And he's like. As John, listen, John is like, John ends up being one of the nicest people ever. And in my head, I felt so bad for like cussing this dude out, like in my household. But at least when I saw him, I had enough sense to um, like not ask him questions like, hey, why are you late? Blah, blah, blah. Because I know like hella brown people beyond that shit where they're always like trying to find an answer. Listen, brown parents and white parents always looking for answers to everything. Like, tell me why you were late. Tell me why the food took so long. Tell me why this. Tell me why this product is so expensive. And it's like, excuse me, sir. I'm just like, I'm getting paid minimum wage. I don't know the answers to this. But anyways, I did not want to continue that cycle. So I was just like, let me just be nice to this guy. And he doesn't need to know that I was like swearing Swearing the hell out of him in my house. But anyways, John is a very over, overly excited white man. And I end up explaining to him how I'm headed to an interview. And he's like, oh, wow, that's so nice. You, you're you going to kill it, blah, 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 right? And he starts talking to me like about what I do. And I just explain um, my experience like through college and like kind of the stuff that's like on my resume. And we're just talking about that stuff. And then all of a sudden, John's like, you know what? It seems like you're confident in yourself, but you're also not cocky. You seem very humble. And I think that's going to help you go very far in life. And in my head, I'm like, I'm look, I'm sitting in the backseat of the Uber and I like took a pause and I'm like, this is definitely like, this is definitely a lesson, a life lesson that God is giving me right now on how to control myself. And if if things aren't going your way, you just need to gather yourself and not just like curse the world. Just still be the best person you can be and be nice. Because if I were to get in this car and like go off on John, he would never have said the nice things that he said to me and like made me feel comfortable before the interview. And that helped a lot. Like he calmed my nerves and that's something I would not have had if I had either taken the bus or the printer had worked on time and he didn't happen to be my Uber driver. And I, I guess, like, and if I, like, sweared at him or got mad at the situation. So, mini moral of the story, but before the end of it, is be nice to everybody, even when you are in stressful situations, because you never know when it might help and you never know um, 
what positive vibes, giving out positive vibes can do for you. So side story within a bigger story is respect your Uber drivers. All right. So John drops me off at the train station. I feel good. I'm feeling good. Um, I turned in what I needed to turn in earlier. So this whole train right now is for me to get my mind ready and set for this interview. Right. And I'm listening to all kinds of cool music. I am trying to ignore the putrid stench of the blue line um, coursing through my nostrils. Uh, just trying to get myself in the right headspace. Um, then I, I get off the train. I'm in the middle of downtown. Um, the, interv- the, the, build- the office building that this interview is taking place is in state- on State Street. So it's the heart of downtown Chicago. So I'm like... If they're if they have an office over here, they gotta be doing something right. So I'm headed to the office. I'm feeling good. I'm listening to like all kinds of hype songs just to make myself feel good. I take the elevator up to the office and it's down the hallway and I walk in and then all of a sudden I see like a bunch of other people sitting around, right? In the I guess waiting area. And I was like, damn, I forgot to consider this aspect of this whole situation is that you're actually going against other applicants. It's not just you. So that kind of like tweaked me out for a second. And then I go talk to the um, the secretary lady and she checks me in. And I'm sitting there looking through my own resume. Oh, and the lady asks, oh, can you, can you put your resume at the uh, bottom of this clipboard? And filling the form on top. And in my head I was like oh fuck yeah. I Good call on printing them out. Because I would have looked like a big fool. If I didn't have my resume. Right. So I, I'm filling out my resume. And it's asking me a whole bunch of questions. About past employment. And I'm like yo I'm a college student. Like I ain't got like nothing that serious. But here's, here's what I have. Like an internship and some organization experience. Like here you go. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, this is on my, this is on my resume. I don't know why you need to be asking me this again, but whatever. All right, and so I'm waiting there, and then my name gets called by the dude, uh, and I'm like, all right, put my resume away, go get up and shake his hand, blah blah blah. This guy's just sharp as fuck, right? Like, to the T, everything is pristine, and I'm looking at myself like, oh, I thought like I was just okay. I look like a bum compared to this guy. So off the bat, I feel like. It kind of like threw me off, but I gathered myself and then I sit down for this interview and he, the guy is like, this interview is going to be mostly conversational and we just want to get to know you to see if you're a good fit for this company. So I'm like, all right, cool. Me and this guy start talking and my heart for some reason is beating hard as fuck. And I'm like, what are you, why are you so scared for in my head? And I'm having this conversation in my head as this guy is having a conversation with me. And I'm psyching myself out in two different ways. And I'm so stressed for no reason. But then I find my find my like way to calm down. And I take like deep breaths, even if there was like small, just to like get my heart rate down, blah, blah, blah. And just try to have a normal conversation with this guy. Right? And he ends up talking to me about... Um, like, what is my favorite pastime? Or what is my favorite thing to do outside of working and just for myself? And the problem is, is the two things that I have are things that other people, like older people have told me not to say or mention. And it's like martial arts and 
and rapping and stuff like that. But I was like, listen, I'm going to just have to tell this guy. So I told him, oh, I do martial arts, right? I'm very into like boxing, just getting into kickboxing. And I'm trying to get into jujitsu as well. And this this guy's like, he looks at me for a second. And he's like, so like MMA? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, basically. And he's like, oh, I used to do wrestling for six years, right? And I was like, fuck, I should have told him I did wrestling instead of jujitsu, even though I did it once and I got thrown around like a ragdoll. But I was like, damn, that could have been a perfect opportunity. But we ended up talking about that and I feel good about it, right? I feel good that we have like a mutual connection and like some sort of like activity. Um, so he, we end up talking about other things and he says to me, what would be three words that you would use to describe yourself? And I'm such a dumb idiot that... The first word I said was creative, which is fine because I do feel like that's the bi- one of the biggest attributes that I have is being creative. The second word I said was two fucking words. I said forward thinking. This guy looked at me and I'm like, oh shit, I'm a dumb bitch, right? But I couldn't like acknowledge that I knew that he knew that I was a dumb bitch. So I just had to continue. And so I said the last one was like versatile, which basically I got I'll like basically means just give me a job and I'll fucking do it please so um yeah so and then he asked me how soon would I be able to start and I'm like yo I gotta graduate first dog you need to chill and I felt like all those things combined made it so I was not getting this job like I I had come to terms that I was not getting this job in the middle of the interview even though it wasn't even going that bad but I was like, damn, this this is unfortunate, but at least I'm getting interview experience, right? So there's, it, it was a very short interview, and I shake his hand, and I go, like, head downstairs. And as I'm heading downstairs, I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm getting this position, right? But I felt good for just being involved and getting experience. So I end up, since I'm in downtown and my uh, school is also in downtown, I end up heading back to campus and I meet up with a friend. And, oh, okay. Shameless plug for my friend, uh, my friend Brittany. Go follow her um, YouTube channel called uh, Nella Maid. That's N-E-L-O-M-A-D-E. She's being lazy just like I am. So when this podcast comes out, there should be um another Nella made uh episode coming out as well so i'm gonna hold her to that but anyway that was sidetracked so me and her are hanging out right and we're just talking about regular stuff but i'm hungry as hell so on campus we have a chick-fil-a right but this is not no ordinary chick-fil-a this is an express chick-fil-a where they make everything without the main ingredient which is love so it's it's like a Aldi's brand. Actually, no, I'm not going to even say Aldi's brand because Aldi's be coming through clutch. It's a great value version of Chick-fil-A, even though it is an actual Chick-fil-A, right? But it's good enough for college students, so we're out here. I, I, I go up, I order my Chick-fil-A, and before I'm even done paying, they have my like order ready in front of my face, like, here you go. And I'm like, part of me is like, yes, I understand this is fast food, but like, did you know I was going to be here? And did you read my mind? And if so, why did I have to make the order anyways? But 
it kind of threw me off how fast they got that bag to my face. But, um, so I take that bag. I should have took that as a sign of, hmm, this is probably not good. But I didn't think about that. I was thinking about this horrible interview that I just did. So I go take the Chick-fil-A, right? And, um, I'm eating and I'm sitting with Brittany and we're talking about just, uh, life and catching up. And this Chick-fil-A for some reason is hitting me like kind of different. Like I just had swallowed the last piece and my stomach is already like rumbling. And I was like, Oh no. Right. But I didn't think it would be that bad because it kind of stopped for a second. So I was like, okay, maybe that was a false alarm. So we go back to talking and we're talking for, as we usually do for a few hours in the library. And then I remembered that the, the interview guy said, we would call you back in two hours if we want to move forward with you for the second round of interviews, right? We will let you know in two hours. After talking uh, for a while in the library, I look at the phone and I'm like, damn, it's been like three hours since the interview. I was like, fuck. I knew I didn't get it, but it sucks when you know you didn't get it for sure. But that, that's how I felt. Um, but I didn't even feel that bad. I just, it was almost kind of funny because how, how the whole situation went down. So it was just a good experience. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to head home soon, right? But now this, this Chick-fil-A is really rumbling in my stomach. It feels like my internal organs are like a witch's cauldron. And it's really bubbling. And I'm like, yo, like, I got to go home because I ain't trying to take a shit at school. I hate doing that in public spaces. It's really disgusting. So I'm like, yo, I got to dip because my commute is like an hour and 15 minutes. And the amount of overconfidence I have to think that I would make it was really bad. Because the second I hit the bottom floor of the library, right, and I'm headed outside the library at uh, UIC... I'm walking out and I th I think it's safe to like let out a fart, right? Maybe that will release some space up in this area. I can get some more breathing room in my intestines, right? Let me relieve some space, right? I and so here's 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 a little secret, right? If you ever see me in public, right? And I'm walking and I take a look behind myself, I am not paranoid that someone is going to run up on me. If I ever take a look behind myself, that means one of two things. I am either currently farting or I am looking, laying out the scene for an attempted fart. So there's no other reason I would ever look back behind me while I'm walking for, for no reason. So if you ever see me in public, that's exactly what I'm doing. So stay, with, stay away from a 10 foot radius of me. In those situations. Anyways, so I did one of those. I did one of those quick look backs, right? I was like, no one's there. And I, like, I let a fart go. But that fart came almost this freaking close at a cost. Like, I let the gas out. And then immediately, like, a poop tried to shimmy his way out of there. And I closed the gates real quick. I was like, oh, no, you ain't. Right? I, like, my, like, booty clenched. Like a freaking, um, like a vice grip. <laughs> and that shit was like this close to coming out. I was like, oh, damn, this is bad. Now there's no space between that shit and the free world. 
There's no gas buffer. So the next time this fucking booty hole opens, it's going to be bad. And I didn't even make it to the goddamn train station yet. So I'm like, damn it. I have to go take a dump in BSB, right? Which is a very disgusting building on campus. But it was the closest uh, building to me at the time. And I'm like, damn, I don't even know if I can make it walking. I'm walking like a penguin. Like, you could probably, like, see the striations in my butt cheeks. How hard they're clenching just to keep this shit in. (laughs) Because this Chick-fil-A is, like... I don't... It felt like this Chick-fil-A had, like, energy in it. And it's just, like, festering and building. And, like, it's getting bigger. And I'm like, how the hell is that even possible? It's creating my... Like mighty amount of force in my body and my ass <laughs> and so I'm, I'm walking to the like um bathroom in bsb and i get there damn Uh-oh. damn another burp i'm fucking gassy today um i'm walking to bsb i'm sitting inside i go inside the, the bathroom and my routine for the bathroom is very strict no matter how emerge like no matter how much of emergency it is, I cannot go through this routine. Um, go without doing this routine in the bathroom. First of all, if you don't um, take the toilet paper and rip off the first half of it and like just throw it away or whatever, you're a nasty bitch. Because that's that shit that's exposed and that's the that shit that other people are touching when they're ripping off their piece of toilet paper. So word of advice, if you don't already do this... When you go to the bathroom in a public space, rip off that... Don't use that fucking first piece that was connected to everything else. That's nasty. Fucking dirty animals. Anyways, I do that, right? But every every second I'm taking, not actually taking a shit, is coming at a cost. Because time is of the essence in this moment. And it's getting really bad. Like, I can hear it. Like, there's a rumbling. And it's like... I've ever seen, like, World War Z when all the zombies are, like, climbing up the wall and shit and like they're stacking on top of each other and they're about to make it over the wall that's like the shit that's like barricading itself on the like rim of my anus (laughs) and then so every second I take is just dangerous this is like the most danger knock part of this whole fucking ordeal right um so, and then I also, next step of this bathroom situation is I have to lay out layers of toilet paper upon the toilet seat. Because I'm not bare-assing no toilet seat out here. That's fucking disgusting. Like, I can't. So, I'm out here wasting precious time trying to fold. And you can't do things right when you need to take a shit. Just like you can't take, like, it takes forever to take your belt buckle off for some reason. When you need to take a dump, it just becomes like a freaking, like, Da Vinci Code puzzle on your waist that's what it felt like and everything was not going right and so finally i get everything laid out every like like set the scene for myself to not be a disgusting bitch and i i open like the gates of hell and all of a sudden like i've never i don't even think i've ever had a shit like this it felt like a shotgun blast like just one like one pump like boom and i swear to god like I, I swear to God, like, I went airborne. Like, just, like, a millimeter off of, like, the seat. And it, that was how much pressure that was built up. Like, I I had I had a little bit of air time. Like, half a, like half, like a m- fraction of a second, 
I was floating. That's how powerful this fucking blast was, right? It was just one. It like I didn't even have any other shit after that. It was just one poof. Like spray. Like it wasn't even a spray. It was like a shotgun blast basically, like pellets. <laughs> like it wasn't even a solid one thing. And I was like, damn, my whole internal like body just like it felt like it felt like they made the Chick-fil-A like instead of breaded chicken, they like used gunpowder. There was no reason it should have exploded like that. And I'm out here like questioning life, questioning this whole day, sitting on this toilet. Now it's like four hours since the interview, right? And I'm just sitting there like, damn. I'm sitting there for a little bit longer just in case another like, in case my stomach like reloads and puts another in the chamber. But because I don't want to have this situation happen on the train because there's no saving me at that point. So I'm just waiting there, right? Then all of a sudden, I'm thinking like I'm thinking about this whole situation this whole day from from the printer being broke to me hating John to me loving John the Uber driver to me getting here to having such a weird interview and probably fucking it up. And I'm sitting there and um, my phone starts buzzing in my pocket and I'm sitting on the toilet, right? I take my phone out and I'm like, hello? And there's this lady on the other end of the phone and she's like, is this Nadir Mian? And I'm like, yes, it is. And she's like, oh, we would, uh, we are from blank advertising and we would like to congratulate you for being selected for our second round of interviews. Would you be available for an interview on Monday? And I'm like, little does this lady know, I just like blew out all of my internal organs in, into this fucking toilet. And I'm still sitting there. And I'm talking to this lady. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, thank you for like giving me the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And my whole mind is like shifted. I say thank you to the lady. And I'm like, this whole day just changed in an instant. Right? But it's kind of humbling to have that happen while you're still like sitting on the toilet. And it was just like an interesting experience. Um, And immediately I called Brittany, who's still in the library. And she's like, why are you calling me just about taking a shit? And I'm like, no, it's not about that. Like, I got the second round of interview. Right? After I've already told everyone I didn't get that shit. Right. And so it felt good at the time. And I was like feeling good about this whole situation. I go home, tell my parents about this whole situation from start to finish. And I'm feeling good. Right. But then this is a Friday. The next day, Saturday, I'm thinking about this whole situation and I'm like researching the company. And I'm like, I. Is it wrong to not want to work for this company? even though they're giving you this opportunity, because I was looking them up and I was just seeing things that I didn't like on how like they weren't doing a good job with, like I mentioned earlier, their SEO. And they should be doing better if I want to work for them. But I'm like, whatever. Like, who am I to be picky? And if even if they're not doing the best as an agency, maybe if I become part of the team, then, and I flip it around and I turn it, like I make it dope, when I'm moving up to like another company or another position, I could show that I completely flipped a company and provided a lot of value. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to still do it 
but I was still feeling like unsure. And then like there was like different types of glass door reviews that were like unsettling. But I didn't want to just bold the opportunity for no reason. Even though I was strongly feeling like averse to everything about this. Because I just felt like something didn't seem right. But all my friends and my family were like, just take the interview. You need the experience and you never know what would happen afterwards. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Right? Monday comes around. This is the second round of interviews, right? And um, I they had the interview interview at 8 30 a.m and i live like in a nearby suburb but it takes me an hour and like some change to get to downtown by bus and train so i'm i have to get up early early just to get ready to like put on another suit and head to this interview so i'm already just like i'm not a I, I guess I wouldn't say I'm not a morning person, but especially in like a situation like this where I'm not exactly hype for this interview, I was like, damn, this kind of sucks. But I'm headed I'm headed towards the interview. I'm not trying to think about it too hard because this interview is now supposed to like give us like more information about the like job description and potential salary, blah blah blah. So I'm walking back up into the same building, right? And then I see on the door of of the office that it says a different name than the company that I applied for. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't seem right. And all of a sudden my brain just flips. And I'm like, oh shit. Everything starts connecting. I felt like I had a Jimmy Neutron brain blast in this bitch. And I was like, oh my god. This shit is a scheme. And I, like I literally felt like I had just taken a limitless pill and everything started making sense. And I have access to all parts of my brain. And I'm like, Nadir, you big dumb idiot. How did you get yourself into this situation, right? Everything starts making sense. Like why they started apply, like why they asked me to like come interview for them so fast why the first interview was so like vague and weird why there's just mostly job descriptions online when you google them why like there there's no solidified campaigns that they've actually done that you can see right it's all just kind of vague verbiage about like what they do and it's not because they're bad at what they do they're good at what they do which is hiding what they do and i was like oh damn and so i'm i'm sitting in the same waiting room that i sat for last time but this time i'm feeling a lot different i'm feeling like angry that they've even tried to like set me up to do this right and i'm look and i go up to the secretary lady the same lady as last time and i'm like all these offices here, right? Um, are they the same company or different companies? And she's like, oh, they're different campaigns, blah, blah, blah. And that's why the name at the front is different. And I was like, oh, damn, everything is making sense. This this is some real um, falsifications going on over here. I have been bamboozled. But I had... I was still so curious to see what they would say 
that I decided not to just leave then and there. I wanted them to like call me out and see what the second round interview is like. So I wait for a little bit and this 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 dude introduces me to a group of other people and in my head like my face is just looking mad like I don't even know what the word for is but looking like I'm done with this shit. Like my eyes are just like low and my face is just like blank and I'm like you idiots. Um, so they introduced me and they introduced me to this like one like white guy who like then takes me with this other lady. He's like, oh, we're going to conduct this part of the like informational process down like in the Panera down the street. I'm like, what the hell? You have a whole office here. Just tell me here. Why you got to take me there for? And I was like, this is like some real shit going on. On the way down, did you know what this guy tells me? He's like, out of, like, I wanted to congratulate you because out of the 900 applicants, we chosen to move forward with a very select few and you are one of them, right? And in my head, I'm like, you dumb bitch. You think I don't know what's going on here? Like, you lying ass 900, get the fuck out of here. There's no 900 people applying to this position. Excuse me. Oh, God, so many burps. You, there should be a burp count for this podcast episode because like, probably already at four. Anyway, sorry. Um, so he goes, takes me to this Panera and I'm just like done with everything. I'm like, why? Why am I even here? Why am I even continuing to entertain this? He goes through this whole thing and it's like, it's it's a scheme from start to finish finish it's like a vector marketing scheme there's no actual advertising going on it's basically like a door-to-door sales and i have to probably like sell i have to basically sell subscriptions to a non-profit and like phone subscriptions and this is the advertising job that they meant and i was like i felt like boo boo the fool in this moment but i also felt like this is a time for me to flame these people right and so he goes through this whole thing, right? And he told me to take notes. And I'm barely taking notes. I'm just like scribbling in my notebook. And then he, at the end, he asked me like... Or he didn't ask me. I At the end, he says he asked me like, how soon are you able to start? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this wasn't even an interview. You just told me what the job description is and didn't ask me anything. So I was like, let me ask you a question, right? And the dude was like, oh, shit. And I was like... Out of the 900 applicants, why did you guys decide to choose me? And he's like, low-key? Like, he didn't say that. But basically, he tried to give a professional answer that basically summed up to, low-key, I ain't even know because I wasn't the one who interviewed you, but I'm going to say, yeah, go ahead, we'll hire you just because. Right? That's essentially what he said. In my... That's how I translated it in my head. Um, so, anyways, he then takes me back up, Right? To, yes, how soon can I start? And I'm like, I'm not starting. Get the hell out of here. I didn't say that. I was like, yeah, there's no way. I'm, like, I'm not fit for this position. I told him that, right? He's like, oh, well, we'll still take you up and we'll have you do the third round of interviews, like, upstairs. I'm like, how are you going to go second and third round in one goddamn day? What the hell is this? Freaking a flash pass to getting a job? The hell? So I go up there and he gives me a piece of paper and to reflect on the interview process, which was basically a quiz on what he just told me. Like, wh- like, name these parts of the job that blah, blah, blah. 
that required these skills. I'm like, I'm not taking a quiz right now. The only thing I wrote on the whole sheet of paper was the portion that said, what was your favorite part of the interview and least favorite part of the interview? And then the least favorite part I wrote, yeah, this is a scheme, right? Uh, and then I turned it back into him and he didn't call me in for the third round of interview and I dipped. Um, I was leaving. And I felt like a, <clears throat> like a big idiot. But um, as I was leaving, it kind of felt good because not only was there a crazy story that got involved, but it allowed for me to like recalibrate myself and check myself. And I felt proud that I knew it was a scheme before I got even caught up in it because some other people get caught up in these like vector marketings and stuff like that. So I had enough sense to figure it out, but I was still mad at myself for figuring it out late and letting myself get hype <laughs> thinking that these people wanted me for an interview like legitimately based off of my skill skill sets and stuff like that. But I ended up getting going on a site visit afterwards to Leo Burnett, which is um one of the biggest marketing agencies like in the country. I don't know if in the world, but they're huge. And it's one of the companies that like I really want to work for in the future. And just seeing them and how they operate, it kind of like revitalized me and I was like okay this is a possibility if I like keep working hard and keep building my skill set and I don't have to deal with that other stupid nonsense um oh and so I'm going to tell you the name of this company so if anybody's listening this far it's damn I'm 53 minutes in this is a long podcast I'm sorry if you had to listen to all this nonsense um (laughs) The company is called Azure Advertising, and they are linked to another company called Visionary Advertising, and they are both schemes. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and you see something on LinkedIn regarding this company, Azure Advertising, don't apply to it. So moral of the story is don't stay humble. You never know when things might go wrong or you might think that you're the shit for other reasons but as long as you are comfortable and confident in your own skill set don't let like outside forces dictate how you should feel about yourself and what you can provide as value because very soon I'll be getting a real job and then I can actually provide the value that I thought I was going to provide for this fake company and just because this I had to like drop this fake company doesn't change what I'm capable of so It just sucks that it happened, but it led to a good podcast story. So I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, I'm going to post. Okay, I'm not going to say what I'm going to post next because then I'm not going to do it and you guys are going to hate me. So until next time, I don't have a phrase. Damn, I'll have a phrase by next time. I swear to God. But bye.